Psychologically tall. I'm talking about ethics. You, you've packed it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox and now sell it. You want to sell it well for the same. <laughs> I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. They'll soon be back and in greater numbers. Any friend of Olive's is a friend of our daughter. I am really close on this one. Really, really close. Let's watch my favorite part again, shall we? Hello, I'm Daniel. And I'm Amanda. And this is Scenes from a Marriage, a movie podcast in which we, as a married couple, watch movies and talk about them and give our unique perspectives. Welcome. Welcome, 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 welcome. So we are have been talking a little bit about what programming is going to look like going forward. And so far on our first two episodes, we have talked about some Daniel movies uh, Godzilla, namely, and we talked about some more Amanda-leaning romantic movies or dramatic films. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna probably continue that back and forth and look to continue to show each other movies that either we care about or that mean something to us or maybe that we just saw as we were growing up and they kind of became part of us mm. right that's what always happens uh with these nostalgic movies and uh so we're gonna we're gonna go today and jump right into one of my all-time favorite movies scott pilgrim versus the world Woohoo! you know this one girl with hair like this yes that's ramona flowers she's out of your league you know her tell me now she just moved here got a job at amazon I have to order something really cool. Scott, are you waiting for the package you just ordered? Maybe. Scott Pilgrim? Hi, I was thinking about asking you out, but then I realized how stupid that would be. That's okay, you should just sign for this, all right? So do you want to go out sometime? I say yes, we sign for your damn package. So yeah, eight o'clock? Come to this Battle of the Bands thing. You have a band. Yeah, we're terrible. I'm Ramona's first evil ex-boyfriend. What? Wait, we're fighting over Ramona? Didn't you get my email explaining the situation? I skimmed it. Mm -mm. What was that all about? If we're gonna date, you may have to defeat my seven evil exes. So what you're saying is we are dating? I guess. Does that mean we can make out? Sure. Prepare to feel the wrath of the League of Evil Exes. Ramona dated twins. At the same time. If you want something bad, you have to fight for it. Step up your game, Scott. Combo! Break out the L word. Lesbian? The other L word. Lesbians? Okay, so Scott Pilgrim versus the world is 10 years old as we speak. Really? Wait, so 2010 is when it came out because we are in the year, the worst year. <laughs> the kidding. worst year, 2020, stuck inside, forced to record a podcast instead of <laughs> what, frogging in a meadow or whatever people normally do. Go out to eat, hang with friends. <laughs> yeah, you know, weird things. <laughs> uh, they just celebrated their 10th anniversary with a table read where a lot of the original cast got together and read through the script and Brian O'Malley, the author of the comic book on which his base was there, and he was doing doodles. So I think this is something that is still, this is a movie that has become very much beloved by fans as well as by the people who were involved with it. But it wasn't always that way. Uh, oh, really? Yes. Oh. In fact, um, Scott Pilgrim was a bomb when it first came out. It did not make back its money in theaters. It cost $60 million to make and made about $30 million. Uh, in the theater, in the theatrical run. And so, yeah, it's a shame. And it never, you know, it never was able to get a, it wouldn't have obviously got a sequel. Uh, the story's finished, but um, it, yeah, it's a real shame. It's become kind of a cult 
movie since then. It, it's amassed a really devoted following, but a lot of those people didn't manage to see it in theaters. Um, but it is kind of a comic book movie because, like I said, it's based on a series of graphic novels mm-hmm. by the same name, uh, by this guy, Brian O'Malley. Uh, and it is also a comedy. It is also a music movie, a movie about musicians. Mm-hmm. It is video games. also a video game movie. Yeah. Yeah, an action movie. It's a lot of different it things. It is a lot of different things. And I definitely appreciate it more now, second time watching it. Okay, good. So that's what I was going to kind of go uh, next with that is, you know, so I obviously something that's meant something to me, I want to show it to you, but you had seen it before. So what was your history with this coming in? Well, um, I don't remember exactly when I saw it, but I do remember the first time I watched it, I was like, what is this movie? Um, <laughs> kind of like a movie like when I first watched Napoleon Dynamite, I was like, this is... Interesting comparison. Yeah, I mean, just like thinking, this is strange. This is unlike anything I've ever watched before. Um, but I I didn't hate it. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, but obviously now being married to you, it means more to me. And watching it together this time, I definitely enjoyed it. And also, um, I know we've talked about this, but there are lots of things in the movie that I have noticed they, um, I guess, have kind of infiltrated your life or... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Infiltrated everyone's life that's been around me if the sound of my phone has been on. I was going to say, for example, um, your email tone, text tone, is a quote from the movie, and it is... Go ahead. Dude, this thing claims I have mail. Always. (laughs) That, and also... Something I would want you to tell everyone is uh, you have done a cover of um, one of the songs in the movie with your band. I have. Yeah, yeah. Raid the Quarry, Mm -hmm. your band. And I did not know that that's what it came from until watching it the second time. And it totally makes sense now. Yeah, there were a lot of people that came to our shows. Well, that's an optimistic reading of the situation. Some of the people who came to our shows, <laughs> they mean to imply that a lot of people came. Some of the people who came to our shows were confused as to why I was wearing a blonde wig. A blonde wig, On yep. the uh, first song of the set. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a few people that were in the know were very appreciative of that fact. But uh, everyone else was maybe a little baffled by it. I appreciate it now. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So let me just, I guess, we'll, we'll jump right into... Um, our first segment, which I am calling Amanda Explains the Plot, in which I ask, um, Amanda, what was your favorite part? I.e., what, what what's the plot? What happens in the movie? <laughs> okay. Um, so this movie is about a boy who is struggling and wait, how old is he? He is 22 no 23 22 yeah it comes on the screen and says oh yeah that i do appreciate that they uh they introduce the characters with their names and what they do and their rating which could just be uh lives at the house um (laughs) (laughs) so it's about a boy who is struggling with um being in a relationship or i guess his past relationship with a girl and um I think he just has a love interest and he doesn't know what he wants to do. And this girl comes along and he is infatuated and I don't get it, but it's cool. And then it goes on and it just gets weird. And then (laughs) there's a sequence where he uh, doesn't know what he's doing and he thinks he's more than one of those. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. And then um, they do band things plays in a band apparently he has all these fighting skills that we don't really know about but you know maybe video games can give him power and he learns that this girl he's infatuated with uh has had a bad dating history and apparently he has to now defeat these boys men throughout her life and yeah seven evil exes yes yes seven evil exes and he fights people and then he learns things and he hurts people and it's weird. But both uh, physically and, and emotionally. Yeah, physically. And um, yeah, that's what happens. And he 
Do I give a spoiler? Do I tell everything? Let's let's not give a spoiler yet. Let's we'll jump into that under uh, later discussion questions. Basically, yeah, he he wants to be with a girl, but he has to weigh the cost. Pun right. intended, because coins after defeating exes. Okay. Wait, All right. does that, was, that work? That was, that was pretty succinct. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially considered a, a lot happens in the movie, but that that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good rundown. Thank you. Thank you. Makes a lot of makes about as much sense as maybe the movie does to some people. Yeah, I'm sure there are people who watch this and just think it's complete nonsense. Yeah, um, but I think it's actually pretty. I clever. mean, I did in the the first time watching it, but you know, watch, giving it a second watch. So if you have only watched this one time, give it another watch. Or if you've never watched it, you should watch it. There's a lot to pick up, especially if you're going to give it a second viewing. There's so much crammed into every frame. Yeah, of this thing. There, there's there a lot is. to a lot of references, a mm-hmm. lot of just like kind of sly jokes mm-hmm. um, that maybe you probably wouldn't pick up on. Maybe lots of good um, actors and actresses. Yeah, that's one thing that you know, it was especially apparent. When I was saying watching that table read, how many of these people are now you know in major superhero franchises and such. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Captain America. You've got Captain America. Captain America. You know, Pitch Perfect. You've got Captain Marvel. Who's in the that? Movie. Brie Larson. Oh, yeah. Wow. Look at all these superheroes. Wait, what else? And is- uh, Brandon Routh, who plays Todd, was uh, Superman in Superman. What is it? Man, not Man of Steel. Superman Returns. Oh, wow. Wait, what else was Michael Sarah? And I forgot. Like all. Well, of- so most people Gina? at this point knew him from Arrested Development. Oh, yeah. Duh. Okay. And also Mae Whitman, who plays Roxy Richter, was... Anne in Arrested Development. Oh. Her? You know, Egg? I don't remember. You don't remember. That's okay. Hey, okay. It was, he was, he, well, she played uh, Sarah's girlfriend for a while on that, on the show. I don't remember. But she was considered by <laughs> everyone in the cast to be unmemorable and. Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah, there, there it <laughs> That's is. That's fitting. Mm-hmm. Wait, but what else was he in? I thought there was one more. I'm, what, maybe Michael I'm, Sarah? Yeah. He's been in some other stuff. I can't remember. Anyway. Not important. I was going to ask you, well, you said um, what was my experience with the movie, like mm-hmm. my history. When did you first hear about it and what interested you most in the movie? Like, did you watch the trailer first um, or did you just, you know, word of mouth and you heard there was music stuff in it? I was behind on this, but not super behind like behind enough to be part of the problem like i didn't see it in theaters mm. um but i think i feel like i heard about it relatively soon after it came out on dvd and i remember michael my brother telling me about it and it makes sense that we would both be into this kind of a movie because music and video games yeah music and video games and he you know even as a bass player and scott is and a bass violence. player in the movie. i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh but i had never heard of it like, it totally just skipped I skipped, somehow did just not even did not even know about it, and maybe because it's not a big property, and you know nobody really knew about Scott Pilgrim outside of, I guess people who read the comic books. But again, I was not aware of them uh, before this. But yeah, I, I'd heard that it was that it was interesting. It was goofy. Michael might have even gone to see it in the theater and told me oh, about. It. I can't oh. remember. I'll have to ask him about that. But I remember I rented it probably somewhat it was it may have even been still 2010 or early 2011 um probably when i when i saw this um did you immediately like it after watching it or did it take some warming up i immediately liked it after like the first 10 seconds wow i don't think there's ever what been, happened in the first 10 seconds let me tell you i don't think there's ever been a movie that so quickly let me know this was a movie made exactly for someone like me wow. than this movie because it opens with the universal logo and oh, fanfare yes. in 8-bit. That's right. That's right. Okay. I should have known. Okay. It, it said, you're going to love this movie. There was no, there was never a question. Yeah. When, once that happened. Uh, they're just, I mean, this is maybe different now than it was then. I feel like at the time, I mean, now we're living in an era when superhero movies, movies based on comic books prior, previously considered to be a rather nerdy niche pursuit are now the highest grossing movies in the entire world. Really? Like which ones? Like Avengers Endgame. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but there was a time when it was almost inconceivable that a movie would be made with these kinds of kind of nerdy in-jokes 
uh, on this kind of a scale. Because this is a movie that looks like it costs $100 million. Like, it looks great. All of the effects and everything. Like, think about the scene where they play against the Ketinagi twins and you've oh, got yeah. the whole, uh, you know, the dragons and the gorilla and, the, and all yep. this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Like, and it, it's flashy, you know, it sparkles. It's got a great cast. Um, not great. Not they weren't all big names at the time, but uh, it's kind of amazing just how, what a, you know, kind of a smooth production it looks like, but yet caters to all of these kind of niche interests, people who would know what it means to play Final Fantasy II on the base or, yeah. you know, re- understand a lot of these. I mean, granted, some of these references are still fairly surface. Like most people would know if you've ever played Mario in your life, you probably know what a bob is, but maybe you don't. I, I didn't know a lot of... So when the, movie, the band is called Sex bob When you... See, and I didn't know that. When you first watched it, did you catch a lot of the references? Like the the very first time you watched it? Or did you appreciate it maybe the second time or just thinking on it later? No, no, I, I, well, I mean, there may be things I still haven't caught, to be fair. Mm. I don't think it's, it's not a movie that is incredibly dependent upon references. Like, it's not a, it doesn't depend on that for its jokes. It doesn't depend that you get those things, except maybe a couple things. And again, they're pretty surface, like when Knives asks young Neil what he plays, meaning an <laughs> instrument, and he good. says, you know, Zelda, Tetris. Yeah. Um, but I mean, again, those are things people would recognize even if they're not really into gaming. There's a lot of stuff in the sound design. Like you'll hear a little coin sounds or other kind of those similar effects. In yeah. The, and of course, there's the, you know, the scene where he goes in to uh, to the bathroom and a, a pee bar appears in midair. And, oh, yeah, but yeah. again, a lot of these things are not from a particular game. They're recognizable as signifiers of a gaming atmosphere mm-hmm. that most people would recognize and the things that maybe are not as recognizable, maybe the stuff that comes out of the fighting games, they also include a fighting game in the text of the movie that Scott and knives play that helps us recognize the continue screen and like the combos. Mm. So that sort of thing. So that at least we have a reference for it so that when those things start taking place in the actual story, then we at least we see, okay, this is video game stuff that's happening. Yeah. I guess I thought it was interesting while watching it because you know uh scott pilgrim is this nerdy character and i'm like he can't defeat these exes he's too skinny and small but then it's like is it because of video games like you can see that he and knives do this combo all that and he's really good at it is that why he's able to defeat it defeat each you know x or you know to that point let me ask you this because we talked about on the previous shows about how one of the things that draws you, of course, is the you know the drama or the um, you know mm. personal story. So, what did you think of the primary drama slash relationship in the movie? Perhaps either the main love story or the main love triangle, um, or the development of those characters. What were your kind of thoughts around that? Um, well, I I did enjoy um, the relationships in this movie. I guess just thinking about. Um, him being younger and not really knowing what he wants. And, of course, a lot of people can relate to that um, when we were younger, of course. I don't have to worry about that now. <laughs> Hashtag <married>. early 20s <laughs> problems. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I liked that he, um, like, he was interested in this girl and he couldn't explain it, which I didn't understand why all the boys liked her so much. Maybe it was because she was so independent and she didn't care. Um, but yeah, I liked, and I really liked Knives, um, just how she tried to copy the Ramona character. That's a good scene where she's, yeah. Yeah, that, that was really, it, like, it, it was funny and sweet and, um, yeah, it, it just, I like that a lot of the scenes showed the, um, like, not like the chaos in his head, but, um, just like the struggle he was having and maybe how it kind of took a toll on him. Um, and he was getting all of this input from like his sister and Wallace and his bandmates. And yeah, he just kind of, he just had to figure it all out and he was going all for Ramona. So I think the, the chaos in his head is actually key because that's something to me that makes this work so well is the visualization of 
the interior states of these characters, specifically Scott. Like one of the things that I noticed, uh, especially it happens throughout the movie, but it happens especially in some of the early scenes is that you have one scene moving right into another. Like the blackouts kind of? Kind of. Mm -hmm. Sometimes even within the same camera move, you'll have it going from the thrift store to Mm -hmm. the bus Mm -hmm. to like his place. Or then there's there's a couple of there's one really um, kind of disorienting scene uh, where I think after I can't remember whether it's after he either discovers Ramona is real or after he like has his first date with her. Oh, it's like the dream sequences too. Well, they do that the dream sequences, but I'm thinking about there's a point where like he's in the middle of a conversation and it changes the scene from one place to another. And all of a sudden he's there with the band and they're saying, Scott, you didn't play a note that entire song. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't know that knives is sitting right there, but it's showing how, you know, the time is passing for him in a very different way than it is for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And kind of the, again, the disorientation that he's experiencing. And then more to the point even is the whole conceit of the movie is in order to date Ramona, this mysterious girl, mm-hmm. he has to defeat her seven evil exes, which, of course, is a way to dramatize the idea of baggage in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And this is something that, you know, maybe probably spoke to me more as a younger man than it does now. Mm-hmm. But if you can kind of think back to the, you know, the kind of tumultuous periods where you're thinking of different people as potentially being options for you, and, you know, maybe you, talk to different people and, you know, maybe you're really, um, you know, maybe you are intimidated by the idea of having to work through, you know, where they've been before Mm -hmm. jealousy potentially, or like, are they still thinking about people in the past? How do you measure up to those people? Mm -hmm. You know, all those kind of questions that are bound up, especially in the early stages of a relationship that, you know, once you kind of get to you know, a point where you're established, maybe a lot of those things aren't as important, but up in front, there's something that has to be conquered. You have to either be able to, um, you have to be able to talk about those things like mature adults, Mm -hmm. or you have to be able to, you know, you have to discuss your relationship history. You have to figure out what you, you know, what you can deal with essentially. And so really the whole movie is just Scott figuring out, can he deal with the things that Ramona is bringing to the relationship? Mm -hmm. And in the movie, they're literalized as a series of video game fistfights. Yeah. But that the fact that they, you know, try to take something that's kind of universal, but also a little bit mundane and, you know, jazz it up with all these fireworks and make it so entertaining. And so, you know, kind of Doesn't slam bang. Yeah. Well, it's just, yeah. it's an unique way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I did want to ask you, I know this is kind of um, going or getting away from the, the relational part of the movie but um so all the everything that's involved with this movie with video games and um music and everything what do you feel like do you feel like this movie influenced you with your music or your um how you like video games or um because did you have a band at the time when you watched this movie uh i may have been between bands i can't remember if if this was before, if this was after I went to camp, then I would have been in a band at the time. I'm actually not 100% sure about that. I, I At very least, I did not have a band where I was actively writing music at the time. Mm-hmm. And did you feel like, um, did you feel like you would compare, would you compare any of your bandmates now to Scott Pilgrim's bandmates? And which one do you feel like you would be like, or you would most relate to? Well, you know, it's funny you say that because... This actually movie actually played a part in the formation of our band. Oh, really? I don't know if I remember told you about this no, or not, but go on. Uh, we one of the Craigslist ads that we put up <laughs> looking for a guitar player when it was just uh, Aaron and me mm-hmm. was we had all these things that we wanted the guitar player to bring to the table. You know, the usual things: have your own gear, have your own transportation, don't be a flake. You know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, but at the bottom, I put kind of as a joke be able to explain why Scott Pilgrim versus the world is the greatest movie of all time. Wow. Uh, and so, because I thought that, and if you look at the movie, there's so many things that the sex bob is going through that every like small local band goes through. Um, <laughs> Dating the drummer. 
dating the drummer, dating somebody within the band, but just like, you know, all the stuff that's really droll and dry that like Kim Pine says, all our shows are secret shows. You know, <laughs> you know a gig is a gig is a gig is a gig. Uh-huh. We say that stuff all the time. Um, and so Brian, our guitar player, um, wrote back and he wrote a small essay about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Wow. And he's with the band ever since. <laughs> Go, Brian. Shout out. <laughs> That's how he got in the band. So, you know, I, I just thought if you don't understand this movie, how can you understand what it's like to be in a band? Yeah. You know, uh, I know, again, I know it's silly, but there's so much truth in it. Obviously, surely Brian O'Malley, who wrote the comic, has been in a band just like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to your question, who was like who? Yeah. Um, clearly, I'm Stephen Stills. Because I'm the talent and also neurotic. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the talent. You know, the guy who's focused on writing the songs and like doesn't care about anything else. He's just like, yeah, do it for the band, for the band, for the band. <laughs> uh, and then I guess, I guess that would make Aaron Scott Pilgrim mm-hmm. as the bass player. And, and Brian is nobody. Well, Brian could, could be, be like Kim. Brian could be like Kim, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, because, <Trey. laughs> yeah. Uh, You know, because of the dry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's very true. The dry humor. That's right. Um, it does. It's not a perfect analog. <laughs> that's one. I, I wouldn't say it's it influenced our music so much as we decided to do the the metric song that they do for that in this movie is the Clash at Demon Head. And that was the blonde wig song the nb yeah, a NB black Adam. sheep is the is the song and even that's that scene is so relatable it's like when a band comes on that's better than you and it makes you look bad and everybody and you you should be happy because they're good but instead you're just like worried that it makes you look bad it's but like, then the band was really bad oh wait it's yeah. like, oh no i'm talking about the clash at demon head when the sex bomb opens opens for them when they open for envy adams yeah oh that's right yes mm, that was a good song and he I just sits, there's steven sitting there and he says that was devastating because they were so good. <laughs> Have you felt like that before? Oh, yeah. In which band? <laughs> All of my bands. Oh, no. <laughs> we opened for Mike Maines and the Branches. Oh, you did? They That's were really right. good. Uh, we love Mike Maines and the Branches. Shout out, Mike Maines. Shout out. If you, you guys ever, rock. If you ever listen to this, probably won't. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was, I was wondering... Um, because in this movie, Ramona Flowers has many different hair colors. Which was your favorite hair color of hers? There were three different kinds of colors. I always think of her as having blue hair. Blue, not pink. Yeah. Because that's what she was at the end. I don't know. For some reason, that's just the one that comes to my mind when I think of the character. I think of her as having blue hair. But did you like the... So you like the blue hair the most? Sure, I guess. Okay. Well, I was just kidding. It's all blue. I'm blue. Okay. (laughs) Did you, uh, so again, I know you're watching the, the, uh, the second time. Did you find it hard to follow at all? Um, I found that it was, I think it was easier to follow because I, I knew, um, what to expect. Um, I think the thing that startled me was when he, uh, was fighting the first ex Matthew Patel um, and I was like, who is this person coming in here? And it kind of shifts into a world of like, okay, anything can happen. This yeah. isn't real life or like either this is in his head or, you know, this is just how the movie's going to be. And then once you realize that, then you're like, okay, I'm on board for, you know, humans turning into coins and, um, of course, but not enough for a uh, bus ride home. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, but since watching it for the second time, I realized that, you know, it's gonna be like that. It was more fun. Um and I enjoyed the fight scenes because I not only do I like romance movies, I also like action movies. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so those were fun. And then also being able to watch it now that I and more familiar with characters like um, Aubrey Plaza and um, ah, what's the Pitch Perfect girl's name? Anna Kendrick. Wow, Anna Kendrick. Yeah, and then um, you know Captain America, Lucas. Plaza is really great in that small role as well. She is also with the with the the bleep outs were pretty funny. 
She also did that. I know I'm talking about this a lot. If you haven't seen it and you're a fan of the movie, hopefully you should really go and watch the table read. But um, Aubrey Plaza was on the table read and she kept doing the thing with her mouth. She would like hold up a little black square. Oh, she did? <laughs> wow. That's commitment. I love it. Yeah, it was great. Oh, and then Brie Larson, your mm-hmm. favorite, your favorite uh, female actress. Well, I don't know about that, but my Maybe affection five. for Brie Larson mostly comes from this role. Oh, is it really? This was one. I think this was one of the first places that I ever noticed her or knew Not who she community? was. No, I I saw this first. Oh. Well, and I, well, in fact, because uh, this came out in 2010, mm. her season of Community wasn't until several years later. Oh, I didn't. So I think that. she she didn't show up until uh, season four. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, this this was it. Oh okay, yeah, and she was the lead singer, so you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Some people have complained that uh they have trouble with the story because scott is unlikable did you find that to be the case um i well i enjoyed i enjoyed him in the movie just because he was funny but i would i would not be a girl that would want to date him i i think it was hard for me to believe that there were girls that wanted to date him, but maybe it was because Knives was so much younger and he's in a band, you know, that's attractive to girls. Wink, wink. Um, and, um, yeah, I, 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 I liked his character, but he, he could be a little annoying, you know, mm-hmm. he probably mostly because he had to have other people tell him to break up with Knives and he, was kind of flaky in that, and that bothered me because you know yeah. he should, he should be a decent man and break it off. But he should, it can be a hard thing for people to learn. Um, let me also ask you this: mm-hmm. uh, What did you think of the characterization of the female characters in general? Did you find Ramona to be a believable character? Did you think that the movie handled the female roles well? Hmm. Um, Ramona to be a believable character. Um, I mean, believable within the context of the story. Nothing's like super down to earth, right? But you know what I'm saying. Well, I I guess she kind of embodied the woman that um just kind of doesn't really care about anything, and like the the girl that you think that guys would like because they're playing hard to get. Um, and yeah, she just doesn't care. Uh, she, she'll change her hair the next day. What did Scott say? It, um, she, she's impulsive. Yeah. She's impulsive. (laughs) Um, yeah. And I mean, we didn't really know much about Envy. I mean, I, we don't know too much of that backstory or maybe I just didn't catch on, but, um, how he dated her before. Um, but yeah, cause there was Envy, Knives and. Ramona. Yeah. Well, and also uh, Julie, Stacy, um, Roxy Richter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess I forgot about that. I mean, I did enjoy Kim. Kim. Yeah. Even though Kim was kind of bland, she was she was pretty funny. Um, But I, I think I think I really I enjoyed watching Knives the most because she went from oh, yeah, this, nice, yeah. this little 17 year old girl and she changed like everything about her but then you could see her maturing throughout the movie like she was a a little girl that was flipping out about him being in a band and then being upset that um he broke up with her and then her learning that he cheated on her but um i don't know i feel like in the end she was maybe as mature as or maybe more mature than scott and i enjoyed uh, just the the uh, growth and like seeing her on the screen, and also I love the um, hair coloring scene yeah. when she got the color knocked out of her hair. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. No, you know you may have a point there. Knives might actually have one of the best arcs in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the terms of how she grows and comes to, yeah, uh, come kind of comes into herself through that situation. That's, and trying that's, to that's a good yeah. Trying to use um, one of his, well, not exactly bandmates. What was his name? The one that... Young Neil. Young Neil. <laughs> um, that lived in the house. Um, that she came on to him 
and she used him to make Scott jealous. And I just love the scene when uh, she walks in at the bar and he's just, <laughs> he's just like, what is she doing? No, I love that. I was thinking about that just now. It's making me laugh. Where she goes in there and uh, and and is in there with her hair half blue. Half blue, yeah. And she just, and she just turns around and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I did love, I love that. And, um, and when the girls were up in the balcony watching, when he was like, we have to play now and loud. Um, so that she uh, couldn't talk about, you know, them. Um, and then also Wallace. We we haven't really talked about Wallace. He's just kind we of like a side. Even though I feel like he gets a lot of the best lines. He does. And um, that he steals. What's her name? Stacy. Is, who's, what's his sister? Stacy Pilgrim. Stacy. He steals Stacy's uh, boyfriend. And then like all the scenes where um, they're waking up in the bed. That was just. Too you funny. More people. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, what is going on? But and then it's see, funny. when she sees the two of them making out, she, and she says, like, "Wallace again." Yeah, <laughs> as if this is not the first time that he's yeah. stolen one of her guys. No, yeah, those are that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I I like that uh, he had a roommate and um, and that he was so connected with Scott's sister too. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I don't know if I answered your question, but there we go. Well, I just, you know, I wanted to always get, uh, you know, from your perspective, some of these if that are like, quote unquote, guy movies. Like, I don't know that this is obviously told from a male perspective. I don't know that it's a guy movie per se. I think it, it can be pretty enjoyable on a universal level. Yeah, I was going to say, I think both. Um, I, I think once, um, once you know what's happening, it's easy to get on board. Mm-hmm. Well, now, apparently, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there's... Uh, Jason Schwartzman as Gideon, who mm. is mm. Uh, the perfect smarmy actor. Smarmy? Yeah. Uh, he just is just uh, that slime ball, like, oh, in, like yes. ingratiating, cool. but like just so hateable, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't blame Scott for wanting to punch him in the face. Yeah, his defeat at the end was really good. By the way, this is a spoiler podcast, so we're going to. Uh... <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> Now that we're into discussion, we're going to talk about the end of the movie. Uh, but I did, um, I did want to ask you, what was your favorite fight scene? Which ex did you enjoy Scott fighting the most? Uh, that's a good question. Let's see. It's not Matthew Patel because that's like the one scene in the movie that I find a little too cringy yeah. to enjoy. And with the I, with the the basis or like the the background dancers like ghosts. Whatever. Yeah, no, I can't. That was weird. That, that, yeah. I can't with that scene. It's the one thing in this movie that I love so much. The one thing that I just can't quite deal with. Every time I see that scene, I just cringe. Yeah. I, I can't wait for it to be over. And I know it there's, like, despite the fact that they they give Anna Kendrick some amazing reaction shots in it, they cut back to her on the in the balcony and she's just looking like she has no idea what's going on. And that notice. almost sells it for me. But no, it's just not quite there. That's not it. Um, probably the best one I would say would have to be the Todd Ingram fight number three against the oh, basis from yes. Tasha Demon Head. I was thinking about that as oh. I was thinking about all the things that I think make this movie unique and that mm-hmm. make it that set it apart from other films. Because you said it earlier. You said the first time you watched it, it was kind of like unlike anything else that you'd ever watched. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that makes it special is that it really is its own beast mm-hmm. even setting apart from edgar wright's other movies like hot fuzz which we watched mm. you can see some of the same things in there in terms of maybe the fast-paced editing and like the way they do the insert shots but um you know i think it's its own thing and like thinking about that scene it just seems like they can do absolutely whatever they wanted to like first you've got him okay so again spoilers for the scene um punching the highlights out of nice yes hair. yes then surprising scott by like Holding him up in the air With like his he's eyes got, glowing. yeah, he's, he's got telekinetic powers. telekinetic powers because he's a vegan, yeah. Uh, and then the whole thing where his one-liner about uh, tell it to the cleaning lady on Monday becomes this entire conversation <laughs> about what does he mean? Yes, <laughs> it's like because it'll be dust by Monday because it'll be pulverized in two seconds. <laughs> That's... And the cleaning lady, she cleans up dust, you know. All that whole and then thing. when the vegan. Pe- oh yeah, well, the, I mean, that's probably that might be the best joke in the film. The, those were so good. Is when they come in and interrogate him for 
you know, breaking vegan code. He didn't know that chicken was not vegan. And in there, in between that, they managed to have a base battle somehow. So it's really got the whole thing. Yeah, it did have a lot of things. Yeah, I, w- I was thinking that I enjoyed the um, the fight scene with, uh, what is his character's name? Lucas Lee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then you're right. The Todd Ingram one was was really something. No, but the Lucas Lee fight is great. And so is the Roxy Richter fight. Oh, I think those yeah. are my top three. Yeah. That was a good one. But I did. I enjoyed the other ones more than hers. I mean, it was. Oh, because of the, the back of the knee touch. That was good. Well, she there's a lot of different elements to that fight mm-hmm. uh, where it starts out with them fighting. And then Scott has to fight and she has to puppet fight with his hands. It's <laughs> good. Yeah. And the whole thing. And she just had a lot of really hilarious one liners. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. your BF's about to get effed in the B. <laughs> and honey, I'm a little bi furious. <laughs> That's true. Well, that was a good one. Yeah. Which is, that's the thing. Like you can't go just a couple minutes. You have to and pay be attention. Like, there's so there's always going to be something. Yeah, you man. And oh, and um, the I mean, this has nothing to do with the fights. Well, the beginning of the fights when um, when he got that email, mm-hmm. I love that part because he's like, "This is boring. Delete." <laughs> <laughs> that was too good. Yeah, very good. Also, that brings me to what line from the movie do you think you quote the most this does not include your phone quoting it for you yeah um so i'm trying to think i feel like there's there's quite a few that i quote on a regular basis uh some of steven stills quotes like you know uh like i was saying uh, a gig is a gig is a gig or for the band for the band like all the stuff he says about the band mm-hmm. uh what is it you know do you anyone do you know anyone who's in a band well i'm in a band you're in a band. I'm in a band. Um, Knives saying, I'll be quieter. <laughs> <laughs> or when she's when he tells her to be good and she says, am I normally not? I throw that in things. Uh, some of, one of Gideon's lines, I feel like something about two hours. <laughs> oh, no, it took me two hours. <laughs> um, gosh, there's so many that have worked their way into my lexicon. In fact, I think that's one of the reasons why I finally just gave in and, and said, you know what? This is one of my favorite movies of all time mm-hmm. because it had so much of it had been relevant to my life. And I feel like I just started saying all the quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that was just like, well, if it's if it's made this much of an impression on me, then it's probably one of my favorite movies. And that brings me to um, what number on your list of top 10 movies? Where does it fall? I think it's either number nine or number 10. It's right there in the in the top 10. Wow. OK. Can't wait to hear your your number one. Do you want to share what your number one favorite movie is? No, wait. Oh, okay. Probably most people listening to this know, but keep you wanting yeah, more. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll discuss it if we if we decide to do uh, a work through our top movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we can maybe watch and talk about it. But all right, our cat is sitting here on the box, looking really cute. Shout out to Prim. She looks very sleepy. She is very sleepy. It's pretty adorable. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got a lot of questions on that sheet there. Anything else you want to you want to throw at me? Oh, I I was coming up with all this from my head. Don't tell everyone I'm reading from. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think uh, I think you about answered them all. Well, let me. OK, what is let me ask you. What was your what was your favorite supporting character? I think I'm. I think I'm gonna have to go with. Wait, who's supporting? Really, anyone other than Scott or Ramona? Okay, okay. I think I'm gonna have to go with Knives. I I think I'm gonna have to go with her. Yeah, she was my favorite. Ellen Wong gives a really great performance as mm-hmm. Knives as well. Uh, in that role, I think it's it's pretty sensitive and funny. Yeah, she did good. I'm surprised you didn't say. I guess she wasn't really on that. I guess Kendrick wasn't really on screen that much. She has yeah, small she, roles. Yeah, her role is eh. Mm-hmm. Who, who is your favorite? You know. It's Envy Adams. Oh, goodness. Okay, I should have known. Okay. But honestly, like I say, I think the supporting cast outshines the the two leads. Yeah, they do. By a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love Chris Evans as Lucas Lee. Yeah. And I don't normally love Chris Evans. Like, I think he's fine, but I'm... You know, he's very fierce. Yeah, he's he's pretty funny. He's <laughs> it, it, honestly, that role actually plays better 
now that he is a bona fide movie star. That's true. Like the fact that he is, like, you know, a mega, mm-hmm. you know, in a mega franchise, like him walking around, you know, with his, about talking about his stuntman and strutting around. Like that. that's just that now it, it, it plays as him making fun of a persona that he had not yet achieved. And it's pretty funny. It but, really works for him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially after he spent like, he spent the past decade playing like a, a straight man with Captain America, mm-hmm. you know? Which I know he's got, he's played against that quite a few times, most recently in Knives Out. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I just think that, I think that's funny. But I, I, there's so many great, uh, great women in this from, again, Aubrey Plaza to Kim Pine mm-hmm. to, um, yeah, Anna Kendrick. Um, a lot of, just a lot of really juicy small roles mm-hmm. for everybody to kind of dig into. Everybody gets their moment in the sun. They do. Okay, so uh, we've talked about how we're going to uh, kind of put a, put a capper on these things. We've had a little trouble rating movies mm-hmm. in the past. Numbers and are hard. The fact that this is a like a top 10 movie for me is obvious, like five star if you're going to use a star system. But one of the things we said was maybe let's try looking at it from a different way. Let's let's see what else we can take from from these movies. So now this is actually kind of an interesting question because we talked about this earlier, which is uh, if you were forced by a studio to make a sequel to a movie and let's let's say that you didn't think that a sequel should be made but you know they said they're gonna give you a couple million dollars and not kill your family if you make a sequel um what would you where would you go with it what strand would you pick up from the movie and what would your sequel be about or how would you kind of uh how would you structure it Hmm. haven't really given it too much thought I probably should have. Um, have you? Well, it's a weird question in this case because of the fact that there were six Scott Pilgrim books mm-hmm. and the movie kind of weirdly combines all six of them and does them all in about two hours. Have you read them all? I have. Wow. Okay. Uh, and so it's weird to think like there could have been, you know, volumes of Scott Pilgrim stories and they said there's just the one. So... It's weird to think of where it would go when there's so much else to be explored. I would almost want to do not necessarily a prequel, but like a, what would you call it? What would you call a story that exists along the same time as the same of the main story? Like almost like a B story. Like I almost want to go back and and do the same time period focusing on other characters. I would, I think I would like to see a movie about Ramona and all of her exes. And some of, or in like all the, um, because she, she talks about why she was attracted to them or what brought her to them, but it shows it in like little drawings or like, you know, cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe like something like that, or even to see, maybe to see, I know I keep saying knives, but to see what she does afterwards. Cause I mean, thinking about, um, how in the end, uh, Scott walks off with Ramona. We have the whole movie is about their relationship, or you know, mm-hmm. starting that. But um, so I don't know if that would be boring to have a movie about the two of them, because you know. But um, maybe something with Battle of the Bands. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Is that tired? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I always feel like the best uh, the best thread for a sequel is whatever intrigued you about the movie you were watching, you know? So if it was the Scott Ramona relationship, maybe you focus on that. If Maybe maybe you pick it up. Maybe the sequel is based around Knives. This is why sequels do not work unless you're Toy Story. Toy Story does have a real strong sequel game going on. Mm-hmm. Some would even say some of them are better than the original. I don't necessarily agree, but some people would say. Whoever those people. I'm (laughs) kidding. (laughs) Well, I guess we can just settle and say that Scott Pilgrim does not need a sequel, but would you watch it if there was one? Yeah, I'd watch it. Okay. Uh, I would watch it if they made like another volume that, you know, again, delved more into maybe um, some other like stuff from Stephen Stills or Knives or, you know, some of the other characters. Or maybe a movie about, you know, them wearing masks. Just Maybe a movie about Crash and the Boys. Because it would be really short. Oh, <laughs> the band. Okay. 
don't know. I want you to give some kind of evaluative statement. <laughs> I mean, I can try. I can try to rate it, but we have to rate it the same way we've been doing it. You have to maybe in coins. What one out of five coins? Or out of X's. Ooh. Ooh. How many deadly X's? Would I give it? Yeah, but is that good or bad? Is more X's mm. better or is more fewer X's better? It's, it's whatever you think. Um, is it out of five? Let's say out of five, yeah. I would give it... I'm going to give it four and a half deadly X's. Good. I like it. Like $4.50 because <laughs> <laughs> they're coins. <laughs> The X would, the last X would just be a sideways V. Wait, what? You, you get the last X is half an X, right? So it would just oh, be a V on the side. Like a beak. Like a beak. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. One more thing. Okay. You may not have paid uh, attention to this detail to be able to answer, but it, just in case, um, what was your favorite song in the movie? Hmm. Well, I, I really did like the one that, uh nv adams band played i don't remember the name of it but when it was playing i was like this is so catchy what black Black sheep Sheep. Mm -hmm. okay well that was my favorite one and now it it all makes sense and i now i want you to cover the song again once upon a time we covered garbage truck the one they play at the rocket go on how does it go take you for a ride oh that one okay in my garbage truck you know that was fun truck 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 but you know there's not many words all right well, that's our show for this week thanks for tuning in thanks for sticking with us if you've gotten to the end of this episode chances are we may be on itunes thanks mom soundcloud <laughs> something or other uh so if so you know leave us a rating leave us a review and uh Tune in next time for another uh, another Amanda movie. Amanda movie. Mm-hmm. Peace.